0: Hello and welcome to the Life Church audio podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey Life Church, thank you for joining us again. We are in week 22 of our series called Wake Up The House and, and this is week 4 of where we're focusing on spe- on faith specifically because I I just feel that the church needs to be known, the body, we need to be known for our enduring faith. We need to be a people of enduring faith. And people with enduring faith, I have found are four things in common. Now, you might, maybe you've seen more, maybe you think there's nine or twelve things that they have in common. Four things stand out to me specifically. Last week, we looked at the first one, and the first one is people with enduring faith, are willing to take the risk of faith. They're willing to go against their own opinions and against what culture would tell them and even what circumstances would would kind of predict and what circumstances are telling them. And and they are, are willing to take the risk of doing things God's way. Now, what I've experienced in my own life and what I think many of you've experienced also It seems risky to the world or to people who have never done things God's way. But to those who have, for those of us who are following God's way, it's not risky at all. It's more sure. It's more secure than anything the world has to offer. But you have to believe that God's word is the truth and you have to live a life that shows that you are believing God's word is the truth see words and God's word it means so much trusting God's word is is such a big key for us as believers the problem with the world as it is today and the world we are living in is we can't trust anyone's word right now I mean if I if just have to ask you who do you believe We are hearing so many contradicting messages that we can't trust a person's word. And that's causing us also, and many in the world and many believers today, to also doubt God's word. See, and that's the tendency of the enemy. He has a few tactics that he keeps using over and over again. And and it's the enemies of faith are the following fear, doubt, unbelief. Ignorance and condemnation. So what the enemy will do is he will bring doubt and unbelief into a world system. Excuse me. To the point where we doubt any and all truth. But I want to say to you today. God's word. God's word remains the same. And this is important. Because it is our foundation. People with enduring faith believe God's word. They value God's word. They stand on God's word. Now, allow me just quickly to show you this because it is of so much value for us to understand faith. is to understand how important God's word is. In Genesis 27, there's a, there's a fantastic story. About um, a father, Isaac, he's got two sons, Jacob and Esau. And the father's on his deathbed, and he's about to pray a blessing over his eldest son. But then the younger son deceives him. And this is in Genesis 22, verse 26. It says, and then the father, Isaac, said to him, Jacob, come near and kiss me, my son. So Jacob came near and kissed him. When Isaac smelled his clothes, he prayed that good would come on him. He said, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that has received good from the Lord. May God give you from heaven water on the grass in the early morning and the riches of the earth and more than enough grain and new wine. May nations serve you and the people bow down in front of you. Be the ruler of your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down in front of you. Cursed be those who curse you, and may good come to those who honor you. That's an incredible blessing that a father on his deathbed is praying over who he thinks is his eldest son. Now, in verse 30, when Isaac had finished praying that good would come over Jacob, Jacob left his father. Just then his brother Esau came in from hunting. Then Esau made good tasting food and brought it to his father and said, Sit up, my father, and eat the meat your son has made ready. So you will pray that good will come to me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac shook all over. And he said, who was it then who killed an animal and brought me to eat? I ate all of it before you came. Now watch this response from Esau. When he heard what his father said, Esau cried out with a loud and sad cry. Wow. So Isaac's deceived by Jacob. Jacob prays a blessing over Isaac prays a blessing over Jacob. Jacob leaves. Esau comes in to get his blessing. And the father said, I've already prayed it. And Esau cries. Now, why did he cry? What's the big deal? He cried because of the words that the father spoke over his brother. Now, I want you to see this. For us, we could say, well, just cancel those ones and we'll speak new ones. No, no. This is how much they believed what they prayed. This is how important praying and speaking words over others were to them. When he spoke that blessing over Jacob, Jacob grabbed his bag and he was out the door. I believe that he grew up in a culture of faith that was set up by the people who have gone before him and he understood the value of words and the faith in the words that were spoken so jacob goes i'm gone why because i just got the words spoken over my life when isaac prayed i'm out because i don't feel anything but i got the words what has happened In church and to the church and what should happen is we have to come back to believing that the word is the highest and final authority in our lives but it will never happen without experiencing God of the word we have to experience the God of the word in order for us to value the word to the same capacity as Jacob and Esau and Isaac and the fathers of faith valued. Jacob believed the word spoken, got his bags together, and he was out. Exit stage right, and here comes Esau, stage left. He's bringing his porridge that he's just made. Okay, dad, I'm ready for the blessing. And The dad goes, whoa, whoa, and the dad starts shaking. Why did he react that way? Because he believed what he said over his son. And he knew he couldn't take it back. He trembled. Oh, my God, I blessed the wrong one. And Esau says, do you have another one for me? And Isaac says, no. Trusting God means you have to believe and respond to his word. Now, we have to understand who Isaac is. Isaac, he has had personal experiences with God in his life. The words spoken in his life that have come over his life, the promises of God in his life, the test and the trials that he was a part of caused him to realize that the word spoken is truth. I have found when God is ready to give you a new level of experience with him, it will always come by his word. But it also comes With a test. The question is, do you believe the word? Now, the bad news is the word comes with the test. The bad news is it is a test. And the second thing is what I've noticed, people with enduring faith, first of all, they're willing to take the risk of faith. But the second thing that they have in common, their faith have been tested. The question we started off in our promotional videos throughout the week were, <clears throat> why is God testing our faith? Why would God be testing your faith? Why is God testing your faith right now? Let's try to answer that today because I do feel that there are answers for us to understand why we are being tested. Now, here's the good thing. When you pass a test, what do you know? You know that you are ready for another level. I pass a test, I'm ready for the next level. When you fail a test, what do you know? We know that we are not ready for the next level because we failed the test. That's not a bad thing. I know many people who have failed the driver's test, the driving test, and they are upset about it. I am not. I'm like, yes, I'm so glad you failed it. Not because I don't want them to drive, but because they can't drive. They should fail the test if they can't drive. So today, what we want to do is we want to look at the test of faith. What's the purpose of it? And we're going to look specifically at the test of faith in Abraham's life. Because we're going to learn so much from it. But it's also Isaac. Isaac experiences his father's test. He's personally involved in it. And because he experiences the test of Abraham, it caused Isaac to believe stronger than what he did before. So here's... How we know that Abraham is in a major test? Here's how we gonna. This, yeah, this is how you will know you are in a major test where God is testing you to elevate you to the next level. Here's how you know it's a major test. You know it's a major test when it calls for something significant in your life, and at the very same time, makes absolutely no sense at all. Something significant, and it just makes no sense. So, so God tells Abraham these words in Genesis 22. He says the following. Now it came about, in verse 1, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, remember Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountain of which I will tell you. Now, this made no sense. How do you worship God when God is doing a number on you? How do you worship God when when he makes no sense, when he requires too much? God, how do I go to church today? Because pastor is asking me to lay down my opinions to lay down my behaviors, to lay down my own way of thinking and just believe you. How do I do that? Listen, God, I don't feel like worshiping today. Not in light of what you're asking of me, the instructions you've given me, what you are calling me to do, because what you are asking me to do is too deep. But it says that Abraham got up. In spite of what God asked him, it made no sense. He got up. He, it says, get up and go to the mountain to the place I will show you. I want you to notice this. It says, go, get up and go to the mountain to the place I will show you. So he had to obey without knowing all the details. And for us in this day and age, with it, for information and technology and we can answer questions just like this. It's so hard for us to take steps of faith without having all the details. But what we will discover is God is saying, I will only give you more details when I see you moving. Most of us want to see the details before we move. God says, when you move, I show you the details. See, one of the reasons that we do not see more detail from God is he can't get us to move from where we are. God wants us to move by faith. Now, remember, faith is measured by steps. It's measured by feet, by movement. If there is no movement, there is no faith. No matter how faithish or faith-like it sounds or feel or you think, if there's no movement, it's not faith. So it says Abraham got up. And when he gets up, it says, on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and he saw the place from a distance. Remember, God said to him, I'm not going to reveal to you which one it is. Get moving. He starts moving. And then three days later, he gets up and he sees the place from a distance where God is calling him to make the sacrifice. And he tells the young man, the servants who helped him carry the load, he says to them, stay here. I and the the lad will go up and we will worship and we will return to you. But wait, wait a moment. God just told you, Abraham, to go and sacrifice the lad. To go and sacrifice Isaac. Meaning, he will be dead. You are saying, you all stay here. I'm going up there. And take care of what God has told me to do. And when I finished with what God has told me to do. Me and the boy. We will see you afterwards. See when when you're called by faith to do something. You have got to speak the truth. In the midst of the contradictions of the circumstances. I want to say this again. When you are called to faith. You've got to speak the truth in the midst of the contradiction of the circumstances. There is a contradiction in the circumstances. God told Abraham, I'm going to make your nations as many as the grains of the sand through your son, Isaac. And now God is asking me to sacrifice my son. So Abraham is speaking the truth by faith in the midst of a contradiction of circumstances. Now, Isaac, in that moment, will also discover how powerful words are because he just heard his dad say something to the servants, which in a little while is going to make a tremendous amount of sense to him without him really even knowing what is going on. In Hebrews 11, it says, Abraham believed God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. That is how confident he was in the word that God gave him before. But what made him speak with so much confidence? Where did Abraham get this faith, this confidence that he had, that God could raise the dead? It's out of experience. It's out of something he's already experienced in his life. Remember Sarah's womb. The Bible says it was dead. She was old. She was old. Abraham was 100. He couldn't function anymore. And they were without a child. And God created miraculously a hookup out of a dead womb and a miracle baby was born, Isaac. Isaac was already raised from the dead once. He had seen what God could do in raising a womb. So he figured the same God could raise the son again. So when God calls you to a test... And this is so key for all of you who are listening that are going through tests right now. One of the most important things that I want you to remember and to hold on to. Don't forget what he did in the POP multi-choice tests that you've had in your life leading up to these moments. Don't forget his faithfulness. Don't forget how he's opened up doors in the past. Don't forget how he's done the miraculous already in your life. Don't forget what he did yesterday when he moves you to a bigger challenge tomorrow. Remind yourself constantly about what God has done already. Because if it's a bigger test today, Then what he did yesterday, it is because he's moving you to a new grade level, a higher experience with him. And so Abraham and Isaac, they are busy making their way to the place that God has said. This is a massive test. And Isaac says to his father, my father, in verse 7 of Genesis 22, and he says, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, dad, I see the fire. I see the wood, but I don't see the lamb. It's like every other time we've gone to make a sacrifice and an offering. We had fire, check. We had wood, check. And we had a sacrifice like a lamb or a bull or an ox, but there's no check. He's like, what's up, dad? And the father looks at his son and he says the following, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And so he takes his son up the mountain. He puts him on the altar. in verse 9, he built an altar. He arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the wood. Now, can you imagine what Isaac is feeling and thinking in this moment must be what is going on? What is going on? But he is raised in a home of faith where he also knows that God's word is true. That's why it was so significant when he spoke over Jacob. He knew the value of the word. And you wonder why he was so serious and why he was shaking about the word he's just spoken over his son. So, so it says, and Abraham stretched out his hand and he took a knife to slay his son. Then verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him and from heaven and said, that's Jesus in the Old Testament. He said, Abraham, Abraham, whenever God calls your name twice, that means there's something special coming down the pipe. He says, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Do not stretch your hand out against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know, I'm going to say that again, for now I know. I know you fear me since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. The promise that you have in a body, you did not even withhold that. Now, I don't know about you. But you should almost have a problem theologically with what was just said there. What was just said there was, now I know. Wait, let's say that again. But now I know. You you are God. You're omniscient. Omniscient means you are all knowing. You already knew, right? What I would do because you're God. You know yesterday. You know today and you know tomorrow. You know where I come from. You know where I am and you know where I'm going what do you mean you only know this now and you're an all-knowing God God says now I know as though I didn't know before because I'm knowing it now and the only thing I know now is because of what you just did So what is being said to Abraham at this moment? I want you to get this because this answers the question why God brings tests into our lives. He's saying, Abraham, now I know you love me because I I feel it because you pray. I hear it because you pray. But now I see it. You are acting in your faith. Now I know because You've proved it. In other words, you have now given me the experience of your love, not merely the, the verbalization and thoughts of it. Sacrifice the son, the son whom you love, your only begotten son. Do you love me more than him? That's a test. We're talking about probably the biggest test of faith I can imagine. And it starts all with a word from God. Now I want you to see why our faith is tested. So watch this now. So everyone's faith is tested. God says, now I know that you, now I know you love me because you acted on your faith. Now watch this. Abraham raised his eyes and looked verse 13 and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket of his thorns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering in place of his son and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it will be provided now Jehovah Jireh, that's one of the great names of God in Scripture. I don't want you to miss this. Please listen. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. We know that name of God. Some of you know it. The Hebrew word Jireh means literally to see beforehand. I want to say this again. The Hebrew word Jireh means in a literal translation to see beforehand. What you get to see is his provision. You get to see it because of what he has already done in his prevision. So he pre-sees what you are going to be provided. He has pre-seen what you are going to be provided. What you are provided over here, when he comes through, has already been seen over here before you get to it. So while Abraham was coming up the mountain on the one side, a ram was coming up the mountain on the other side. God pre-sees before he provides. And what he provides, he's already pre-seen. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen an animal stuck in thickets, but a ram caught in a thicket is moving and jerking and it gets loud. But this ram... It's probably the quietest ram in the history of all rams. This ram is also in the vicinity of the sacrifice because it says he looked up, Abraham looked up and he saw the ram. Now I want you to know this. So God keeps the provision quiet even though he has already made the prevision in advance because he has Seen beforehand what he's going to do that you don't see yet. The question when you face this trial, the trials that you are in is how can I move from God's prevision and get a hold of my provision? The answer is until he completed his obedience, prevision didn't become provision. When we act in faith, what happens is what God has already previsioned for us. The moment we act in faith, the moment we take these tests of faith that we are going through and we trust God through them with enduring faith, prevision becomes provision. Whatever God is doing to you today in your life and in circumstances, He has already pre seen. But you won't see it provided until you have completed what He's asked you to do. Most Christians are part-time Christians. Many of us uh, will do little something, something over here and wonder why God hadn't come through yet. But the question is, have you finished what He's asked you to do? So if you'll take 50 years to finish it, it may take 50 years for you to see the provision also. If you delay obedience... You delay provision becoming provision. Now many, many of you listening would say, and I get this, I don't know what God is asking of me. God hasn't said anything for me to do. I haven't got some big vision or anything like, here's what you are to do. Do what you know to do. Do what you know to do right now. As you start applying Jesus to your life and living out His ways and His principles, as you start doing Jesus in your life, God reveals. Simple things. Pray for your neighbors. Serve people. Love people. Be kind, be generous, bring your tithe and your offerings to your storehouse. Forgive others, preach the good news, the gospel. How do I do that? Some of you are still thinking, but Andreas, I still don't know how to do it. A simple step, join a church. Don't just attend a church, join one. Become a body member, a part of that church. Join a vision don't just think oh it's so nice that they are doing become active in your faith walk it out we've been given a mandate as god's children to advance god's kingdom we are to make a difference in people's lives so so what we we've done as a church and if you're listening online you can join us in this right now what i want you to do take a pen And take a piece of paper and write down three people's names. Let's get active in our faith. Let's get active with what God has called us to do. Take a pen, take a paper, three names of three friends that you are committed to praying for. God, I'm going to pray for these three people. Now on October 20th, we are launching our Alpha program with a massive banquet. And what we want to do is we're going to pray that God will give us opportunities to invite these people to come and hear an amazing message about Him. But it will be done so well that you will be proud to be part of it. I'm asking you, do not just sit back and think that it's just believing is okay. The Word says, the demons believe also. God's calling us to action, church. You are called to action and God's going to test you in that faith why because as you test it you're going to go up levels and what's going to happen is as you are faithful in the tests, you will see God's provision comes because God has already pre-seen it join us be part of this I invite all of you let's pray father God thank you for your word And I pray that this word will not only be something that people go, oh, that was a great word. I hope that this will be something that activates their hearts. That they will make the decision today to not just idly sit back, but that they will stand up and become involved with your body. Be part of the work that you've called us to do. And no longer stand on the sidelines. I pray your blessing over every heart and over every ear that heard this word. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for listening. Join the church. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.